Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Six Figure Fast Track with me, George Swift. The Six Figure Fast Track is here to give the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And wow, what an episode I've got for you. This is some flagship content coming up for you right now. This is about raising your prices, but what a challenging title because it's good for you, you get that. It's good for your client, work that one out, and it's good for your industry. I'm gonna share with you why you should be raising your prices and why it's good for absolutely everybody that you should do so. If you believed it was good for everyone to raise your prices, would you be more inclined to do so? I hope the answer is yes. I'm presuming it would be yes. For most of us, the reason we don't charge our worth and we don't charge the most we could or don't charge the highest prices in our industry it's because we're afraid of something. We're afraid of not being good enough. We're afraid of pricing ourselves out of the market. We're afraid of that we're gonna get judged on it. We're afraid that the client won't pay it. Does this make sense? Does any of this sound familiar, more importantly? If it is, then you're not different to most business owners out there, which is you're charging what you think you're worth. You probably suspect that you might be worth a bit more, but you're a bit scared to charge more than that. So you're probably charging a bit more than some, a bit less than others, and probably a lot less than a few. So there's probably people out there right now that are two times, four times, maybe even 10 times as expensive as you are right now because they own that position. I want you to raise your prices. I want you to raise your prices authentically, honestly. I want you to raise your prices by being worth more. This is not about how to pick the pockets of your clients. It's not about how to con people into spending more than they should. This is not about getting people to buy something that isn't worth what you're charging. This is about you charging more, being worth more, and your client wanting to pay it. And more importantly than all of that, appreciating what you're giving them at the price you're giving it to them and still overwhelming them with the amazingness of what you're offering them, okay? It's a win, win, win. And I'm also gonna share with you how it's good for your competition as well that you charge a lot more, even a lot more than them. They might not appreciate it initially, they might not agree with you initially, but trust me, eventually, even your competition in your marketplace will appreciate you raising your prices. The main concept that supports this argument is innovation. If you raise your prices, you need to be worth the new prices. I don't believe you should charge more than you're worth, right? That'd be crazy. You're worth what you're worth. However, what you're worth is in the eye of the beholder, right? It's the perceived value that you offer any potential prospect or client. So don't think that what you're worth is a fixed amount. You're just worth what you're worth based on what you're doing for who you are doing it for and the perceived value that they get from that, 
okay? This is why some watches can be worth £100,000 and other watches are worth £10. It's about what you're selling, who you're selling it to, and the perceived value of the person that's purchasing it. When we start talking about massively increasing prices, the chances are we can't do what we're doing the way we're doing it for, for who we're currently selling it to. The chances are we need to radically revolutionize our business. We need to change the product or we need to change the customer. We need to change what we're doing and how we're doing it. The chances are we need to change all of these things. And this is terrifying and it's scary and we immediately go into the fear of loss. The fear of loss of money, the fear of loss of clients, the fear of loss of status or people respecting us. And that fear is holding us back from charging our worth. So if you're not yet charging market rates for what you're doing, that's the first thing you need to do. Assuming you are as good as most of the people in your industry or your marketplace, you should be charging the same as what most people are, okay? So if you're charging 20 when most people are charging 40, sort your shit out. Assuming you're good at what you do, or at least good enough to compete with everybody else in the marketplace, charge what everyone else is charging right now because you don't want to be famous for being the cheapest, probably. Some companies are happy with that, most aren't. EasyJet launched on the fact that it was the cheapest, but I'm telling you now, I don't think it even is the cheapest anymore. I don't think it even competes on being the cheapest anymore. Ryanair is cheaper, and obviously there's a whole host of other airlines that are as cheap, if not cheaper, than EasyJet. It worked for them initially, and then they've adapted and they've evolved. You probably don't want to be known for the cheapest marketing consultant, the cheapest recruiter, the cheapest coach, or the cheapest anything. It's probably not a good reputation to have, and it's terrible in terms of a business model and scalability, and the chances are you're bloody broke. So you want to get out there, and you want to be expensive, but you want to be authentically expensive. You want to be worth what you are asking. You want your customers to value you at at least what you're asking for financially. This is what it means to raise your prices authentically. So if you want to massively, and for the arguments of this episode, minimum, if you want to double the price that you're currently charging right now, and if that feels comfortable, I want you to think about quadrupling what you're charging right now. And if somehow that still seems comfortable to you, I want you to imagine 10xing what you're charging right now. At some point, your brain's going to pack its bags, go home and give up. It's going to say, forget it, George, you're talking nonsense. Does this make sense? The clients won't support it. The industry won't support it. The marketplace won't support it. Your brain won't let you even go there, okay? So take yourself to a place where you feel uncomfortably challenged by your pricing, okay? It's not about adding 10%, 20%. Minimum, you want to be thinking doubling your prices. If you double your prices, the chances are something else has to give. Your current clients might not pay it, so you might have to go out and find a different marketplace, Even if your current clients will pay it, the chances are you might need to package it different, deliver it different. They might need to consume it differently in order to perceive the value in it. If you take it to a new marketplace where they do value it at a certain price, the chances are you have to adapt your marketing or your brand in order to entice and lure in that new market. So you're not going to be able to double your prices and not change anything unless you are so massively undercharging right now that just charging double puts you out there as an average price, okay? So think about doubling, quadrupling, 10xing if you have to to stretch it. 
The truth of the matter is, at some point, you realise that you have to do things radically different. And following on from my theme on Monday's episode, which was the most challenging question that I ask entrepreneurs, and it was an innovation question, which is, if you were going to revolutionise how your industry did business, what would that look like? If you didn't listen to Monday's episode, I highly recommend you do, because it talks about that question. It talks about it talks about disrupting the marketplace and it talks about how that can play into you charging a lot more money. So I'm referencing it here because actually, if you do things massively different, if you massively innovate, if you change what people want, change how people consume, change how people think about your product range or your service, you'll start to separate yourself from everybody else in your marketplace, and the moment you're separated out from everybody else and there's perceived value in what you're doing, you get to become very expensive. Companies who have done this in the past, I also reference in Monday's episode, I talked about Apple. And when Apple brought out its iPhone, one of the things I didn't mention on Monday, which is worth mentioning now in context to pricing, it was the most expensive phone on the market bar none, and it was massively more expensive. So Apple completely revolutionized how we saw mobile phones, how we used mobile phones, what mobile phones meant to us in life. And in doing so, it created a new market for its phone, which didn't have to compete with any of the other markets. So at a time when mobile phones we might have an average price of 200, maybe 300 pounds, the leading the leading phones, the top end phones, may be going for around 300 or so pounds. Apple brought out a phone that was well into the 500 pounds. Apple today now has phones that are like 16, 17, I think maybe even 1800 pounds. They're not the only ones, by the way, they were just the first. I know you can buy a Samsung that's probably up there as well, heading up towards the 2000 pound mark. It wasn't that long ago when everybody thought that there's no way that anyone could release a phone for over a thousand pounds. Apple did it with the iPhone X, and of course, I knew it would be successful. Of course, people spent a thousand pounds on a phone. Now we're spending 16, 17, 1800 pounds on phones, off the shelf phones. These aren't bespoke specials, you know, diamond encrusted or, you know, gold infused. These are off the shelf products, mass products that we are perceiving a value of you know, three times, four times more than the original iPhone which was already maybe up to twice the value of what we perceived a phone to have before that. The way they did that was they didn't compete with mobile phones. They innovated something completely different. They innovated something that was so revolutionary that it had its own price tag. And we paid it, and we paid it in droves, and everybody else was faced with trying to catch up. BlackBerry, out of business. All the big phones, the Motorola's out there and everything else, none of them could keep up. Now we're down to, you know, iPhone. We're down to Samsung being the marketplace. We've got a few other companies that are kind of trying to get in the marketplace and catch up with Apple. But truth of the matter is, for many years, Apple had the market to itself. It had the number one phone, the best phone. It had the piece of technology, the gadget that everybody wanted and everybody else was literally caught with their trousers around their ankles thinking, what the fuck just happened? They did the unthinkable. They doubled the price on something and the way they doubled the price on it was because they massively innovated. And that's really the theme of this week's podcasts. 
huge innovation, massive leaps in innovation, radical transformation in service, in product, in how the client buys or uses the product, what the product means to a client, equal massive price raises. So why is it good for your client that you raise your prices? Because you can't just double your price and do nothing about it. There's an expectation that comes from a high price tag. So Apple, it needs to be so different, so revolutionized. It needs to look so sexy and so sleek. And it had to be so bloody cool that we would pay two or three hundred pounds more for that phone than a leading competitor's top end phone. It had to be that good. And it was good for us. Whilst much of the market didn't buy the iPhone initially, we all eventually bought iPhone or something equivalent. Even if you're a Samsung user right now, the only reason you love your Samsung phone, and I know this is a bitter pill to swallow because I get it, there's Samsung people out there and there's Apple people out there, and I get it, but the only reason you get to have your current sleek, sexy, super interfaced, mobile Samsung phone is because Apple did it first. Apple transformed what a phone was, it transformed how we thought about phones, and it transformed the price tag on mobile phones. Samsung benefited as well. Remember I said it's good for you. Of course it's good for you if you double your prices. But it's good for your client. Of course it's good for your client because it forces you to innovate in a way that improves your client's experience or your client's life. And then it has to be good for the competition as well because it forces your competition to up their game as well. But also it gives massive opportunity to the marketplace. Samsung only had the opportunity to pounce on the mobile phone marketplace in the way it did because let's be honest, you might not want to hear it, Samsung people, they copied the iPhone. The iPhone revolutionized the world Samson then had an opportunity to step up and meet the new expectations of the mobile phone user. They benefited from it. They now have a phone nigh on £2,000. We are paying up to £2,000 nearly for mobile phones, but we get this unbelievable technology. Whether you're an Apple user or a Samson user, we all benefited from what Apple did back in the day. And so will your client base for you, and so will your entire industry sector. Will there be victims of this? Yes, there are. We know the BlackBerry failed massively, but was it BlackBerry's fault or was it Apple's fault? Was it Apple's fault for bringing out an amazing product that we all wanted and then BlackBerry not being able to keep up with that demand themselves and not being able to compete in that marketplace? That's not Apple's fault. That's not our fault for not buying BlackBerry. It's BlackBerry's responsibility for keeping up with the marketplace and it's, and, it's, and it's BlackBerry's responsibility to meet the demands, the changing demands of its client base. It didn't, it went out of business, as have many other mobile phone companies. But ultimately, as a world, we are better off for it. And whilst individuals may have suffered because of what Apple did, Apple massively benefited from it, of course. We, the consumer, the customer, massively benefited from it. And so did Samsung. And so are Sony right now, who have their version of the iPhone. And so are Iowa. Is that how you pronounce it? I can never remember it. But that company from China, they're benefiting from it. Everybody is benefiting from what Apple did. 
There might be individuals that were lost along the way and maybe they didn't benefit from it, but they had the same opportunity that Sony had. They had the same opportunity that BlackBerry had. They had the same opportunity that Samsung had. Unfortunately, BlackBerry didn't step up. These other companies didn't step up. But as an industry sector and marketplace, it's better off. Apple's current competition, they're better off. They should be grateful for Apple. I don't know if they are, but they should be grateful for what Apple did because it gave them the opportunity to do what they're currently doing. Everybody is better off on the whole. And I want you to think about this in your own industry, in your own marketplace. If you want to double the price on what you're doing, you're probably going to have to innovate either who you're doing it for, how you're doing it, or what you're doing. If you then doubled it again, it's going to probably force you to innovate to a higher level. If you want to 10 times what you are currently charging, the chances are you're going to be the most expensive out there in your industry doing what you're doing right now. And to do that, you're going to have to massively innovate away from what your industry is currently doing, away from what you're doing right now. And as long as it's perceived as valuable in the marketplace, and as long as it delivers against what it promises, and what it promises is what we want, the market will support what you're trying to do. It will benefit you because you'll be making 10 times as much money as you are right now per product. You'll be making 100 times more than that because you're still market share. It'll be better for your client because they're going to have a better product. It's going to innovate how they use your product or your service and maybe even the products and services that are out there in the world today. And it's going to benefit your competition, if not individually, because there will be people that potentially fall by the wayside as you make these radical changes in the marketplace. However, it will open the door to many other potential competitors and it will give huge opportunity to them. And in turn, they also give huge opportunity back to you because while Samsung continually keeps innovating and keeps bringing out genuine competitors to iPhone, and I'm sure as many people might see them, even phones that are better than iPhone, it forces the iPhone to continually up its game. And what we end up with as consumers is we're all better off, even though we're spending more and more on phones every single year, we are constantly getting a better product. And the companies providing us with those products are constantly making more money, and they're constantly innovating and competing, it's good for every single one of us. It's good for us individually and it's good for us collectively. And the same is true for you. Raise your prices, innovate to match the expectations that your client has for those new prices. Raise the bar on what your industry is doing. Raise the expectations of what's possible in your industry sector. You'll be rewarded for it and everybody else will also benefit from it. Wow. Big thinking, right? Now, I know you might only be a small business, 30, 40, 50 grand. I don't know. Maybe doing 100 or 200 grand. And the thought of what I'm saying here now probably seems very much out of reach for you. The themes this week really is about thinking much, much bigger. And therefore, I want to terrify, I want to scare you, I want to intimidate you. I'm not saying, for example, that you have to go out there and be an iPhone or you have to go out there and be 
a Tesla or some other massive huge company out there and transform the entire landscape of the universe with your product. No, I'm just using these as examples to challenge you to step up your game this year, to step up your game in 2020, to step up your game this decade as we enter the 2020s. I want you to really leverage what's available to you in terms of what you can achieve financially in your business, what you can achieve in terms of the quality of the product you can create, but also to inspire you to really step up and put yourself, your products and your services out there in the marketplace to charge your worth at the very least, but to also be worth much, much more. So unashamedly, I'm here to challenge you this week to get your thinking as big as humanly possible. Nice one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As you know, I always really appreciate it. If you're a small business currently doing 20, 30, 40, or 50,000 pounds in revenue, and for whatever reason you haven't yet hit 100 grand turnover, then get yourself on my six figure fast track. It's my webinar masterclass. It's the six figure fast track how to take your five figure service based business to 100 grand or more in revenue in the next 12 months or even less. You'll find that content at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll drop the link in the descriptions. If you haven't done that yet, get yourself on the six figure fast track and see what you need to do, what you need to have in place in order to take your business to 100k or more this year. I will see you on Friday when we will sum up this week's theme and content around innovation, around thinking massively about disruption, about setting yourself apart from your entire competition. I'll see you on Friday. Have an awesome end to your week and I will see you then. And until then, as always, be successful. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.